0: this morning amen amen okay very very good how many of you were here Wednesday night okay got a few in both accounts that's great well uh, pastor did an awesome message today talking about turning hopeless situations around and it was really really good the word of God's always good amen and then uh, last Wednesday during ladies prayer Um, We just had a really good time. You know, I went in there a little bit tired, a little bit challenged in my voice. But, you know, it's a good thing to come together in the name of the Lord. And he just gave us an unction. And there was a real anointing that came on this scripture about turn. I think Pastor read it. I know I read it in the first service. And then we kind of talked about it a little bit on Wednesday night. So I'm just going to kind of piggyback on where he stopped off this morning. He talked about turning hopeless situations around. He talked about we need to turn away from some things if we want to experience God's best. And tonight, I'm going to talk about turn again, that God will turn again our captivity. Amen? So we are going to start off tonight. He read this definition. I loved it about turn this morning and this is what it is the place or point at which anything changes direction a movement in a new direction so let me ask you tonight do you have any situations in your life that you'd like to see changed is there something that you just said is going the wrong direction and it needs to turn around Maybe there's somebody in your life that that they're headed the wrong direction, but God can apprehend them and turn them around and put them in the right direction. Amen? Amen. So we want to talk about what is going to affect this change and bring turnaround in our lives. Well, first of all, we know it's God. We know that it is turning to His Word. It's doing what Hezekiah did, turned his face, to the wall and he sought the Lord and the Lord heard him aren't you thankful for the word that says I called upon the name of the Lord I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears he delivered me from all the plots and plans of the enemy it's a good thing to seek the Lord amen because we are assured when we seek him, he hears and he answers. Glory to God. So that always brings change in our life. Our faith, our prayers. And did you know that even getting people to hook up with you, people of faith, prayer, prayer partners can bring change in our life. And that's what I see in this passage of scripture, Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. And tonight I'm going to be reading most of them out of the King James Version, because I have my King James Amplified Bible with me tonight. King James Version, Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. For I know that this shall turn for my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. First of all, who wrote the book of Philippians? It was the Apostle Paul that wrote the book of Philippians. And we know that he had been through some things. But we also know that he is the one that wrote, I am more than a conqueror, through Christ who strengthens me. He had been through some things, but he also had come through them. He knew how to come over them and to be an overcomer. He also was a prayer. Doesn't he? Isn't he the one that said in 1 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 14, I thank my God that I pray in tongues more than ye all. I think he was from the south. He said, ye all. I pray in tongues more than ye all. So we know that he knew something about the power of praying in the Holy Spirit. We also know that he knew a lot about pressing into God. In Philippians chapter 3, he said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So he knew the Word of God. He knew to pray. He knew the Spirit of God. He knew how to... Stand, stand in faith. Having put on the whole armor of God, stand. He wrote the book of Ephesians as well. But I find it interesting in this verse here in Philippians 119 again that he is referencing that he is going through some things, but he says, I know it's going to turn around through your prayer. And the supply of the Spirit. So he here is capsulizing the importance of having prayer partners. He knew that the church at Philippi, he talked about it, that they had supplied his need they have given to him financially again and again but apparently they also were strong in the spirit of prayer and he's commending them here and he's saying I know that you're standing with me and I know that we're locking our shields of faith together and through this supply that you are offering and me standing together this situation is going to turn I submit to you as believers, we need faith buddies. We need prayer partners. I call those ladies that meet with me on Wednesday mornings, and I know a lot of you work and you're unable to come, but we've been doing this for many, many years. I call them my posse because we just hook up together. We're prayer partners, and they have a supply, and I have a supply. And this church family, that's why it's important to belong to a local body. He said here, you got a supply that I don't have by myself. I'm going through something and I know how to get the victory, but I need your help in this. And when we come alongside together, there's a strength, there's a quickening, there's a power that we don't have by ourselves. So I encourage you, particularly during this holiday season, don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together. Keep coming together on Sunday morning, Sunday night. Excuse me. Thank you. That's the supply of the Spirit. My voice is strong. Come on Wednesday night. Pastor's going to be doing some teaching. We're going to be doing some praying together. And it's important to get in incorporated. Prayer meetings. Amen. Everybody say amen. Lift your hand, shout the victory. There is a supply of the Spirit that happens when we pray together, when we unite together. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Has He ever brought you through something? Has the Lord put food on your table when the cabinets were bare? Has he put clothes on your kids when you didn't know where the money was going to come from? Have you faced a Christmas where you could barely afford a Christmas tree and God was faithful and he turned it around and he put presents under your tree? Well, if he did it once, he will do it again. He is the God of the turnaround and he is the God who is faithful to do it again and again and again. Can I get a witness? Has God ever brought you through something? I love that song that the Raymond singers and band used to sing all the time. Talking about Ray Jean going to be here. And one of them was he will do it again. And that ought to put fuel in our tank. That ought to fire us up. On the inside, if God's ever done anything for you, which he has, if you're sitting there going, I can't think of anything he's done for me, well, are are you on your way to heaven? Are you not going to hell? Well, that's the greatest gift you'll ever receive. If he brought you out of the pit, hallelujah, if he brought deliverance into your life, then you can just rest assured what he's done in the past, he will do it again. Has he brought you through a difficult financial season? Has he given you a raise on your job? Has he found you a new job? Has he given you people to undergird and to stand with you? Glory to God if he's done it once. He will do it again. Say this with me. My God God is faithful faithful. and he he will do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a good word right there. Amen? Well, there's a scripture over in Psalms. We're talking about uh, the Apostle Paul. And now we're going to talk about David, how he had such a revelation of God's delivering power. Psalms 126. And first of all, I want to read it out of the King James, and then we'll read it out of the message. But Psalms 126 is a good passage of scripture. And I want you to notice this phrase. It's in here twice. Turned again. turned again. Psalms 126, verse 1. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad anybody glad yeah. well let's be glad yay god amen yeah. and then look at verse 4 here it is again turn again our captivity O lord as the streams in the south they that sow in tears shall reap in joy He that goeth forth and reapeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. God had turned their captivity. In this passage of Scripture, it's used twice. Turn again, ark. Captivity, the children of Israel knew what it was like to be captive by the enemy, oftentimes they were taken into slavery, they were overcome by their enemy, most of the time or all of the time, it was because of their own wrongdoing, because they forsook the Lord their God, and the enemy they were open prey to the enemy, but even in the midst of that, God was faithful. To deliver them whenever they called upon his name. And the psalmist David is rehearsing here the times that they have been captive. But he's saying, Lord, do it again, turn again our captivity. So when we we went out with our hearts heavy, we were slaves. We were in bondage. But you, oh God, you delivered us. You brought us forth with silver and with gold. You brought us forth with singing and dancing. You brought us forth without any feeble among our tribes. And he's saying here, God, do it again. Everybody say, turn our captivity Turn it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is always a supply of the Spirit. Like we just read in Philippians 1.19. There is a supply of the Spirit to turn any situation around, to bring deliverance to any kind of captive if we will call upon the name of God of the lord we have our part to play the children of israel had their part to play for that deliverance to show up in their in their lives and most of the time their part to play was they had to repent they had to repent and they had to return and when they repented and they returned then god turned again their captivity do you see that pattern hallelujah hallelujah God's got his part and his part is divine supernatural intervention. How many times when the Israelites were surrounded and camped about by their enemies that God showed up? In a supernatural way. There was angelic assistance. Many times there was wind, there was hell, there was fire. Whatever it took, there was a confusion and a confounding of the enemy that would bring them deliverance. Guess what, folks? We've got that same divine supernatural intervention, glory to be to God. We got weapons that are out of this world we don't have to fight the devil in the flesh we don't fight him with our natural carnal weapons hallelujah we've got the name of Jesus we've got the sword of the spirit which is the word of the living God we got the blood of the lamb that gives us overcoming and protecting power hallelujah we've got angelic existence they had that in the old covenant many times the angels would show up glory to god And guess what? We're under a better covenant. This room right now is filled with the angels of the Lord. And they are here not only to bring protection, but they are here to go at our beckoning call, to go when we speak the Word of God and to minister and to bring the money in. Go get those new body parts, whatever we need. Hallelujah! They're part of our arsenal. They're part of our benefit package of believers, the weapons of our warfare. They are not carnal. When we say, God, turn again, our captivity, we're not talking about doing it in our flesh. We're doing it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. We're going to look at this in the Amplify. I try to preach soft, but it just ain't in me. (laughs) So, God, you'll have to keep my voice strong. (laughs) (laughs) Glory be to God. You know, I've never been one of those that can sit down on a stool behind the pulpit and do a little talk. Don't think I'd last a minute. Anyhow, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3 and 4 in the Amplified. For though we walk, we live in the flesh. We are not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. Aren't you glad? Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They're not physical, but they are mighty. We we're talking about it even on the way in here today, tonight, that I know that we have a group that meets on Thursday. A lot of them is our second wind group. And I know Vern and Terry, you guys have been helping with that prayer group. And, and you know, you look at, you look at, look at Terry. Terry's stand up. Terry in the natural, I, you know, I'm going to guess. What do you weigh? 120 if that. 115 at that. So if you look at Terry in the natural, she flexes her muscles. You're going to go, huh, she's not a match for the devil. But you know what? She is. The devil is afraid of you. The devil is afraid of a 115-pound grandma who knows who she is in Christ Jesus. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In the Amplified verse 4. Actually verse 5 in the Amplified says this. For, what do I want to read here? Verse 4. Yeah, did we already read that? For... Yeah, we read that. Glory to God. Okay, verse 5 now in Amplified. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ when I read that this afternoon I just stood out at me we lead every thought and every purpose of the devil every plot every plan every lie of the enemy we are the ones that take him into captivity he tries to bind us he tries to Put things on us that make us feel like we are captive. But when we stand on the Word of God, when we fight the fight in the realm of the Spirit, not with mere human reasoning, not with natural carnal weapons, He's the one who gets captive. He's the one who gets bound. His plots and his schemes come. To not. He likes to bind up people because that is what is in his future. Soon and very soon, he is going to be bound up for eternity and thrown into the pit of hell himself. He's the one who is ultimately going to be held captive forever and ever and ever. And you and I right now, we ought to just start putting him into captivity right now. We ought to start taking those lies, those thoughts and say, oh, no, you don't. I'm going to bind you up and I'm going to cast you down where you belong. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God we're not captives anymore. We're not a slave anymore. We're not a slave to disease. We're not bound by poverty. We're not addicted and held captive by bad habits. We're not bound up by fear, by worry. Glory be to God, whom the Son has set free, is free indeed. We are not mere humans. Our weapons are not carnal. Our weapons are not mere human weapons. And we are out of this world. We are in this world. But we are not of this world. We are citizens of another kingdom. We are citizens of a wonderful place called heaven. And all the rights All the privileges that come along with that kingdom belong to you and they belong to me. We are a peculiar people. We are a purchased possession. We are the light of this world. When people around us are captive by habits and bound up by fear, we ought to walk into that place And we ought to be atmosphere changers. We ought to be those that go about setting the captives free. For our Lord Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 4 verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He hath anointed me to set the captives spray. And that same anointing is upon you and upon me. Not only will he turn it again. Not only will he turn our captivity. But we are anointed and appointed to turn the captivity of all of those that we come in contact with. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo, hallelujah. When we experience that divine intervention, there is a restoration that comes into our lives. There is a returning of what the enemy tried to steal. And when we are restored, and when we are brosebaha, when we walk in what he has done for us, then we are to be andresoto, carriers, carriers of that same anointing, carriers of that same freedom to people around us. We are called to set the captives free. And when you are free, people notice it. When you have been delivered, when you are happy, people around you notice it. We ought to be standing out. Talk about standing out in a crowd. We ought to stand out in a crowd because we're the light of the world. Now let's go back to Psalms chapter 126. I like it in the Message Bible. (coughs) This is a good one. You know, I know not all of the message makes much sense, but I love this one. It seemed like a dream, too good to be true. When God returned Zion's exile, Hallelujah! God returned their exile. God brought them back into their homeland. God brought them back into their wealthy place. Hallelujah. We laughed. We sang. We couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nation. You and I, the believers, the church of the living God, we ought to be the talk of the nation. And not in a negative way. But in a way that we are the ones who have the answers. In a way that we are the ones that are full of peace in turbulent times. That we are the ones that are walking in health and healing. That we are the ones that are free from worry and fear. Let's be the talk of the nations. Let's be the talk of the office. In a positive way. Hallelujah. We were the talk of the nations. What did they say? God it has been wonderful to them. We said God has been wonderful to us. We are one happy people. Doesn't the Bible say, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Do I have any happy in here tonight? Woo! Hallelujah. People say Disneyland is the happiest place on earth. I've been there numerous times. And when you're there with millions of other people... (laughs) It ain't my happy place. Church in Hayward, hallelujah, on Sunday night, on Sunday morning, on Wednesday night, that's the happy place, hallelujah. Woo! We are one happy people. And now, God, here it is again, turn again. Now, God, do it again. Bring rain to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with arm loads of blessing. Don't you like that? Those who planted in despair. You know, I know many of you have been sowing seeds of prayer over your family. You've been sowing your financial seed, and it might look like nothing is happening. But let me tell you, based upon the Word of God, harvest time is coming. Get ready to shout hoorah at the harvest. As a matter of fact, let's just practice armloads of blessings. Everybody put your arms out like this and say, Thank you, Lord. My harvest time has come. You're doing it again. You're bringing harvest into my life. Armloads of blessings. I'm going to shout, hoorah. Hoorah. Now can you give him a big hoorah? Woo! Woo! Hoorah at the harvest! Hallelujah! It is harvest time! Hallelujah! Our God is the God of the much, much more, He's the God of the turnaround. He's the God of a turning it again. Glory be to God. Now, I want to close tonight. No, I'm not closing just yet, but I want to close with one of my favorite Old Testament stories because in this passage we are going to see how God turned it around and they went away with armloads of blessings. It's found over in 2 Chronicles chapter twenty. Any of you who are familiar with the Word of God probably know exactly where we're going. Second Chronicles chapter 20. This is the account where Jehoshaphat and the children of Israel, they were surrounded by their enemy. You can see it there. It came to pass after this also. The children of Moab, children of Ammon, and with the others besides the Amorites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Now look down again We'll just kind of capsulize it. Let's look down at verse 3. We can skip on down to verse 3. Then Jehoshaphat feared, and he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all the land. Verse 4. And Jehoshaphat gathered, to, gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all of the cities of Judah, they came To seek the Lord. So here we have it. They were surrounded by their enemies. They were about to be taken captive by the enemy. But they did what you and I must do. They didn't fear. They began to seek the Lord. He called upon the name of the Lord. And he did what What the Apostle Paul talked about in Philippians, not just him, he got everybody. He got all the children of Israel together and he said, this is what we're going to do. We are going to seek the Lord. We're going to proclaim a fast and we're going to ask him for his help in this situation. And that's exactly what happened. If you were to read it, which we won't take time to read all of it, but verse 6 through 7... I love it. What they began to do is to magnify God. He rehearsed what the Lord had done. He talked about it. He said, Oh, Lord, look at you. You're the God of heaven. You, you rule over all the kingdoms of the earth. And in your hand, there's power and there is might. And he, he goes on down and he rehearses how God delivered them, time. ...and time again. You know what the theme of this is? He'll do it again. He's reminding them we've been in tough situations before... ...but God turned our captivity and it won't be an exception this time. He will do it again. And then the other day as I was reading this passage... ...I never, you know, I love this passage... ...but I never really centered in on this particular verse... But I like this in verse 9. When evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house, and we stand in your presence. For thy name is in this house, and we cry unto you in our affliction... And we know you will hear and you will help. Hallelujah. He's pointing out there's power in your name and there's power in this place, in this house. There again saying to me the importance of coming together in the house of the Lord. The importance of having a place, a place where you can gather together with light minded believers a place where there is a tangible anointing a place where there is a supply of the spirit hallelujah he said we're going to stand in this place because in this place your presence has shown up and we know it's going to show up again in this place we're going to receive the answers, the wisdom, the insight that we need to face this difficult situation. Oh, hallelujah, the importance of being together, gathering together in his name. The Apostle Paul, again in Acts, he says we need to come together with our own company. In Acts chapter 4, come together with your own Company, There's strength there. There's virtue there that all of us need. So they stood in that place. And then in verse 4, they said this famous passage of Scripture, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do. But I love this. Read it with me. Verse 12, but our eyes are on you. Verse 12, if you can put that up. But our eyes are on you. Say it again. But our eyes are on you. Have you ever faced a situation you didn't know what to do? Guess what? When we don't know what to do, look to Him. Keep our eyes upon Him. So we know the rest of the story. They sought the Lord. The Spirit of God came upon a young man. He gave them the answer. He told them the battle is not yours. The battle is mine. Stand still and see the deliverance of the Lord. Stand still and watch me turn again. Your captivity. Glory be to God. And we know what the outcome was. Hallelujah. The battle is god's and i like how it says here don't be dismayed by any reason of this great multitude for the battle is not yours the battle is god and that's another thing that we can use in the arsenal of our weapons when the enemy comes against us we ought to say hey you can't touch this when you're coming against me you're coming up against the shield of faith you're coming up against the Lord of hosts. You're coming up against God Almighty. I am His and He is mine. Hallelujah. When you're coming after me, you're coming after God. And you're going to run into God. Hallelujah. He's fighting this battle for me. Glory to God. And it goes on there in verse 17. You shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of God the Lord and then we know that God told them exactly what to do he told them in verse 21 he says send out the praisers first don't you know that there were people that thought they could sing there were people that had been trying out for the choir for years and they got up on that particular morning and Jehoshaphat said All right, all of you that have wanted to be in the choir, all of you that had wanted to play the tambourine, today's your chance. You come on right up here to the front of the line. So they're just walking up there thinking, Yay, I finally got my opportunity. He's going to finally hear how good I can sing, how good I can dance, how awesome I can play this tambourine. They're standing up there thinking, Look at this. Look at this. And then he tells them the plan. Now here's the plan. You guys are going to go first into battle. We're not going to take any weapons. You're going to be the weapon. Can't you imagine? Some of them started backstepping. Oh well. Oh. Oh, now really. I'm just a kidding. Now let, let me hear, no, let me sing for you. Oh, I told you I couldn't sing. I better go to the back of the line. And how do you play that tambourine? I just can't get that rhythm in my soul today. I better step on back. What a plan. What a plan. That is one of those, the weapons of our welfare are not carnal. It wasn't out of their head. It couldn't have been from reasoning. It had to be straight from heaven. Send the praisers first. Let them go first. Hallelujah. And this is what you're supposed to say. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth. Forever. Say that with me three times. Praise the Lord for your mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord for your mercy endureth forever. Praise the Lord for your mercy endureth forever. Woo! Hallelujah. And this is the result. Verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord, everybody say the Lord, Lord. set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty. God turned again their captives. God used unusual and unlikely ways To bring their deliverance Their part was obedience His part was taking care of everything else He said you're not going to have to fight But you're going to have to obey me And do what I tell you to do And he'll always tell you what to do He'll always let you in on your part. And then our part is obedience. Yep. And oh wow. The blessings that happen from our act of obedience. Yep. Glory be to God. You want to see what happened? Ha uh-huh. I did, forgot to look at the clock. I thought I had a short word. Guess not. Anyway. It's a good one though, right? Yeah. Verse 24. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. This has got to be my favorite passage of this whole account. Verse 25. Woo! And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance. Everybody say abundant. 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 Both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves. Oh, you've got to read this part with me. More than they... ...could carry away, more than they could carry away, more than they could carry away, say it again, more than they could carry away, and they were three days in gathering the spoil, it was so much... (laughs) Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. There's many miracles in this wonderful story. But I find this one very fascinating. It said when they came upon these dead bodies... They had all these jewels on. Can you imagine what kind of soldier says, you know what, we're going to go to battle today. And you know, I've always really liked that ruby ring. I'm going to make sure that I wear that today. And hey, sweetie, how do those diamond earrings look? They'll glisten real good while I'm out there fighting, won't they? And make sure that you put on that big old heavy gold necklace. What kind of a soldier goes to battle fully covered in jewels and diamonds and precious stones? God knew what was going to happen. And so that morning when they woke up, something came over. All those soldiers, They put them on their bodies before they were going to battle. Why? God wanted to make it easy for them to capture the spoils. God turned again their captivity. God Restored unto them everything that the devil had tried to steal. They would have been shouting that day, I'm sure, just not to be dead, just not to be crispy critters. But God did one better. He not only delivered them, He blessed their socks off. He gave them more than they could carry away and that ought to be our attitude when the devil comes at us we ought to say ha 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 oh no way you're coming against the lord of hosts and if you try to attack me you're going to have to repay you're going to have to restore and you're going to have to give me more than before hallelujah let's all stand and give the lord a big shout